Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Friends, today is a fun show. My friend Allie Worthington is joining me, and she was on the show before, four years ago, you guys. I have loved getting to know her over the past four years. Allie and I are what we're liking to call book sisters. We both released our newest books in the same week. Allie released hers on Tuesday, and I released mine on a Thursday. Her new book, Standing Strong, A Woman's Guide to Overcoming Adversity and Living with Confidence, is out right now, and I highly recommend this book. We joke in this interview today that her book, Standing Strong, and my book, UBU, could be like a box set because we're screaming the same message and just saying it in different ways. And that message is that we really, really believe that you as a woman, you can hear God's voice. You can live in your calling. You can overcome adversity and you can do all the things he asks you to do with confidence. Today's show was fun. And Allie shares the journey of how she had to listen to God and lay something down and trust him with the results. And I have a feeling some of you might be in those same shoes today. In fact, she says something that I wrote down in the interview. She said, listen, God told you to do it. It's just hard. It doesn't mean you have to quit. It doesn't mean it's wrong. If God told you to do it and it's hard, it's okay. I think you're going to love this episode. If you do not have a copy of her book, Standing Strong, today is a day for you to get it. You can listen to it. You can read it with the book in your hands, but however you do it, get a copy of her book and maybe grab it for a girlfriend for Christmas or something. Here's my conversation with Allie Worthington. Hey, Allie, welcome to the happy hour. I am so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. This is so fun to have you back on the happy hour. You are an OG, like original, like you've been here forever, which is just the best. And so welcome back. I'm so glad to get a chance to come back. Okay, so we're finishing out 2020. And Mm -hmm. I think every time I talk about 2020, I just say it's been a doozy of a year. Like it's been a year is what it has just been. It's been a year. You released a book this fall. Listen, this is what's so fun. Guys, you don't know this because this is like author talk for a minute. What do you call us? Like book birthday sisters or something? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're choosing a name right now. <laughs> they're book sisters. Book yeah. sisters. Mm-hmm. They're not twinsies because they're born on different days. Yeah. And he gave us such similar heartbeat in our book for women. And the fact that it came out the same week, it's amazing. You know, God wants certain things said. God wants certain things said. Let me tell you, this summer, I got Jess Conley's new book, You're the Girl for the Job. Mm-hmm. I took it on the plane with me and I was going to read it because I love everything Jess does. And she's a brilliant writer and communicator. And I got like four pages in and I was like, nope, can't read this book. It's exactly the book I'm writing. And so I texted I did her and I was like, thing. I love you, friend, but I cannot read your book right now. But mm-hmm. I also told her. And then when I heard about your book and we talked about our books before they were coming out, when I heard about your book, this is all I kept thinking is God is doing something right now through all of these similar messages. Because when I read your book, I'm like, man, we could have co-authored like all of these books together. Like we should do like a deluxe Christmas set. You get both of them. (laughs) And it's like, you know, you go to your class and your professor's like, read both of these books because they're both, you know, good. That's what I feel like our books are. And I think that is God. 
Oh, a hundred percent. I was in an interview a few weeks ago and somebody asked me a question about the message and I said, this is my version of the message, but there are lots of different versions of this message that God is having women share. Like this is something that's coming and we just may be in the beginning stages of it. And we're going to see women birth this message in a new, fresh way for years to come because this is something I believe that's God breathed. It makes me excited. Like it really does to think that of everything that's been put out this year, that so much of it is saying, okay, this is the same thing. We're saying the same message and God is just doing something. I believe you're right about that. Allie, you wrote Standing Strong way before 2020 hit. Someone asked me this. I feel like I want to ask you all the questions people have asked me because our messages are so similar. Yeah, fine. The message still works in 2020. Someone asked me that. They're like, you wrote this before 2020. It still stands true. Tell me about how when you wrote this versus today, you still feel the same thing about everything. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is none of it really made that much sense to me when I was originally writing it because I didn't want to write this book. So for every book, I always ask God, hey, what's the next book? And see if he gives me a word or an idea. And I didn't want to do this at all. I called my literary agent. I called a bunch of girlfriends because it was so nebulous because what he gave me, normally it'll be like fear or busyness. And I'm like, okay, I could tackle that. But what he gave me when I prayed about this, he brought back a little bit of a prayer that my mom used to pray over me every night. So when I was little, my mom would pray that I would be a great woman of God, strong in my faith and fearless as I face the future. I pray that over my boys every night that they'd be great men of God. So I'm like, hey, what's the next book about? It's time to write. It's what we do. And the Lord said, great woman of God. And I was like, that's dumb. (laughs) I love that you told the creator of the universe, that's dumb. (laughs) Well, we talk. We're tight. You know, he puts up with me. And I thought, I must be telling myself this. I'm going to come back later because that's not what the Lord would say. There's no felt need there. I'm a writer. I'm not tackling anything. So come back about three or four weeks later and I said, Lord, what would you like the next book to be about? Like we hadn't had this conversation. This sounds like a marriage conversation where you're like, 100%. can we do this again and get a different answer? <laughs> yeah. In my spirit, he said, I already told you. And I was like, darn it. So I had to spend about six months unpacking and praying into what in the world do you want me to say? And it was an overlapping of my story of the past two years with what he wants women to hear. And what I knew to be true that he wanted women to hear is that he had specific plans for each woman, a plan to partner with him to bring something to the world, something that's very important, something big that other people would see, something small that only him and that woman would see. But women needed to kind of wake up and partner with him and get out of their own way to do it and that things were going to get hard. That didn't make any sense at the end of 2018. Yeah, That didn't make any sense at the beginning of 2019. And then even when the pandemic started, it didn't make sense. But then we got to like April and May and the Lord was like, see, you know, because in April we were like, oh, everything's going to be over soon. And, you know, by June or July, everything's going to be fine. And it made sense that this is the message that he wanted to have. Same thing with your book. It it makes perfect sense that he wants women encouraged. He wants women to realize the truth about what he has for them. Mm. So that really excites me and everything makes sense. So what I'm hearing from this as well is the next time God says something to you, you just go, yes, sir. Uh Uh-huh. I hear you. (laughs) The Lord and I have a long history of him saying something to me and me going, oh, I don't think I heard you right. So (laughs) let me come back later. But I keep trying. I already told you, sister. Yeah. I mean, I like it when he's a little sassy with me, like I already told you. Of course, I hear him sassy when I get to heaven one day. He'll be like, that wasn't sassy at all. I'm the creator of the universe. That was the filter through Allie's head is how (laughs) God sounded sassy. (laughs) 
I love that so much. Well, you say in here, you say standing strong means getting out of your own way and letting God work in and through you. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be so difficult for women. A a million reasons could have a year long podcast on why that's difficult. But I want to talk through with you about what does that mean personally for you? You just mentioned your journey over the past two years. What was your journey over the past two years that you kind of overlaid this project to talk to women about? So I was the founding COO of Propel Women. Christine Kane's amazing ministry, which I loved. It was a dream job. I got to run things from home and, you know, fly to California every month or so and had a great team and just everything was amazing. My husband had been very, very sick. I had written about that in Fierce Faith and he had begun to go into remission. Life was good. Things were great. I had a great job. My husband had made it. Everything's wonderful. And I went to IF Gathering in 2017. And just worshiping as we do, relaxing, and the Lord said, leave. And you know how sometimes when He gives you a word, He gives you all the context just miraculously, and it wasn't leave if, it wasn't this. I wasn't where I was supposed to be anymore. It was time for me to leave work. And I didn't want to. I didn't know what I was going to do next. I had shut down my whole company to go run Propel. And I thought that all of my work in the business world led to my work in the ministry. Mm -hmm. And I had told myself that everything that I had done before led to this, and this is what I was going to do forever. And for him to tell me leave, it was almost a a question of, did I do something wrong? You know, am Mm -hmm. I not, did I mess up? Am I not Mm -hmm. supposed to help run this ministry? What's going on? So I fly home from if, tell my husband, and my husband is always one when I say, okay, I think the Lord's told me this and it's crazy tell me not to do it. He goes, do it. Listen to the Lord. And this time he said, well, the Lord didn't tell you exactly when to leave. And I was so happy because he was my excuse. I could be a submitted wife, right? (laughs) And I spent a year ignoring the Lord. And I had health challenges and difficulties, and I had just lost my ability to trust Him to provide. Mm. And you know, sometimes we say we trust the Lord to provide, but then we sit and we eat grapes all day and we don't do anything. Like I wasn't afraid of the work. Yeah. But I knew me just quitting the job, starting my whole company back on my own, and then having, I'm the breadwinner for a family of seven. And then all of a sudden waking up, leaving one day and waking up the next day and being like, let me build something from nothing really quick. I was terrified. So it's my story of finding the, the strength to listen to the Lord, trust Him, and get out of my own way because I could have sabotaged myself. You know, when you're telling that story, here's what's hard about that, Allie, is that does sound crazy. Oh, yeah. That does sound like, wait, so I have a job, a good job that I love. I make the money for our family that I need, and you want me to leave it. I mean, that does sound so, so crazy. And so I can understand why you're like, I don't think I'm going to do this. My husband says, okay, good. But I also understand when women say, I can't do this, but I have stories like that too. Like, that's the thing that I think is so cool. When you have something like that happen in your life, it almost becomes like this little anchor to your soul. Like, okay, we've been here before. Like you've proved faithful before. You're going to be faithful again. I'm going to trust you. Way easier said than done. But I guess I want to know, had you been in this situation before with God? Over and over again. That's the crazy thing. It's a theme in my life. And I think to some degree, I was talking to Beth McCord, your Enneagram coach, and we were kind of talking about the Enneagram 7 thing that our heart's desire with the Lord is, can I really trust you? Are Mm -hmm. you going to be there for me? And I teared up. My whole life is me going, can I really trust you? And Him putting me in places to prove to me that He can be trusted. And I think that to some degree, I may do this forever. 
you know, until I get to heaven. And he's like, see, all those times you could trust me. And for me, it wasn't really financial loss that I was so afraid of. What terrified me about leaving, the the idea of leaving, was that I could obey the Lord and what He wanted and that my children would suffer and that they would be the collateral damage of me obeying Him and living out my calling. That's Mm. what was so scary because I can handle being poor. We've been broke before. I can build back up from that. But it was, what if I obey Him? Because I always tell my kids, this is what I think the Lord's telling me. This is what I'm going to do. Here's where we're going to go. But what if this time is the time everything falls apart and the kids go, well, that's what you get for following the Lord. That's what was so scary Mm. for me. Is your wing a six or an eight? I think I'm six in my relationships, but I think I'm eight at work. I can see that. And that's possible yeah. to go back and forth. Okay. Everything you just said to me about yeah. like what your fear was, I'm a six. That would be a driving yeah. force for me in everything in my life. My six wing has really come out in full force in 2020. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, welcome to my life, people. <laughs> but in work... I'll take risks and I mm-hmm. tend to be pretty aggressive and I'm, I'll build something new. Let's go for yeah, it. Yeah. But my family, I don't want to mess around with my family. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you think, okay, God, can we just do that? When all the kids are gone, I'm going to take these big steps because yeah. there's less on the table to be hurt. And I think that's when, you know, I have a, a story like that as well as God really just telling us something big. And it made me think of the story of Abraham and Isaac in the Bible. And, you know, that was a big, like talk about collateral damage. I mean, you know, God asked him, I need you to sacrifice your son. And the thing that's crazy about that story is that God had also promised him that I'm going to make you the father of all nations. But then he's like, but this is my only son. And I read a commentary one time and it said that Abraham trusted God so much with the promise that he'd be the father of all nations that he knew no matter what, God was going to be faithful to that promise. And that just really stuck with me of like, okay, God hasn't like verbally spoken promises to me, but we have his word full of promises. Yeah. And that he's going to be faithful to those no matter what. It's so beautiful. I think that there's women listening who are in that middle place of they've heard from God, but they're scared. Oh, yeah. I mean, and think about the enemy. His job from the beginning is to say, did God really say that? Because anybody who's heard something from the Lord, the enemy's going to work double time and to come in and try to take it, take it, that message away from you mm-hmm. or make you go, oh, I think I just ate some bad chicken or <laughs> who am I to feel that way? Yeah. Or, you know, I've done all these bad things in my life, so I can't listen to the Lord and take that step. You know, all of those things that we tell ourselves, but the enemy is so invested in keeping us from not listening to the Lord. And when we hear from the Lord, he's double time invested in keeping us stuck. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why self-doubt is such an issue for women. It's why we need to have a little bit of confidence. We need to get strength from the Lord to be able to take the next step because when we have this nudge or as Chip Ingram calls it, he calls it holy ambition when I love that phrase. Like we kind of go, I'm feeling this. I think that I want to foster a child or I want to write a book or I want to start a business. There's something bubbling up inside of me. Mm -hmm. And no matter what I do, I feel it. It keeps popping up. That tends to be something from the Lord. And what we do, especially as Christian women, is we go, I don't know. I think it's just me. I'm being selfish. I'm thinking too highly of myself. And when I had Beth Moore on my show, I asked um, ladies on Instagram stories. I said, what do you want to ask Beth? So many women said some version of, ask her, if I have an idea, how do I know if it's from me or from God? And Beth was like, why do we automatically think it's from us? Like, we follow the Lord. The Holy Spirit's active inside of us. Why not just assume it's from the Lord? And I think that sometimes we're splitting hairs too much. Like, Mm. 
if we have a dream that's going to do something good in the world, that's going to help other people, whether it's to go back to school and become an accountant to help people do their taxes or to start a ministry, whatever it is, it's good. If your dream is to move to Vegas and start a business where you help people gamble, well, maybe that's not a God dream. I feel like we're splitting hairs too much. Like it's not that hard to figure out Mm -hmm. if it's good and helpful lean into it like it's a God dream. You know, if it's harmful, maybe not. Yeah. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. 
Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. You know, it's so interesting because it's so true that fear that I think particularly you and I have talked about this before that Christian women have of, can I do this? Is this glorifying me or is this glorifying God? And, and I think deep down in our hearts, let's just try to find like there's a good place that that's coming from. Like, oh, we want to glorify God. But I think we just have a lot of past of watch yourself. Like, don't get too ahead of yourself. Don't get too big for your britches. Like, you know, like where are you leading? Are you not? Like we've had some messages given to us that make us fearful. I remember when I was in the midst of writing my very first book and I had gone to a conference and the podcast was doing well and all the things. And it was like for the first time, I mean, before I had my podcast, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And before I was that, I was, you know, a teacher, a coach. And so I now was doing this new thing that was very odd to me. Like, okay, so I go places, certain places. I'm not walking to Target. People are knowing me, but I go to like these conferences and they know who I am. And I was just like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I literally don't think I can do this. And I told my friend, Annie, I said, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't think I can write a book. I don't think I can do this because I'll be prideful and I'll become arrogant. And she looked me straight in the eyes and she said, I think you need to fight your sin and not disobey God. What she meant was God's calling you into this. So what you need to do is fight sin. Like that's what we all have to do. Fight sin, (laughs) but don't say no to God because you think you can't handle it. And I've never forgotten that. And I think that's true to what you're saying about where women are feeling like, I don't know if I can do this calling that God's asked me to do, start a business, foster, you know, start a cookie business. This is so dumb. I've been following this woman on Instagram. She started a cookie business because she had some time on her hands. Good for her. Allie. I watch her Instagram and when she ices the cakes, I told her it's like soothingness to my soul. Like I need to watch cake icing every night before I go to bed. But she started that because she just felt like she wanted to do something. And now she has a business. I just love hearing stories like that of women going, I'm going to step out. I'm going to do this despite how I might feel. In part two of your book, you talk about what holds you back. In this conversation, we've listed tons of things. What was it for you? What was the most thing for you? You talked about your kids, but anything else, like what was the most thing that held you back? Well, here's something crazy. So when I would pray to the Lord to go, okay, what's next? I knew I would go back to business coaching because business coaching is my gift. Like that's my go-to, but he was really calling me to speak. I also felt like it was time for me to start a podcast. I was like, okay, I have these dreams. Whenever I get the okay, I'll move forward. And I got sick. I got really, really, really sick. Um, It started with a regular virus. It turned into a cough. It was chest pain and stomach pain. I had all these procedures to try to figure out what was wrong. No one knew what was wrong. And at one point I lost my voice. So the Lord is literally asking me to quit my job and to do all the things that I do depend on my voice, business coaching. I'm on the phone with women all day long, business owners, speaking, starting a show. Okay, the stakes just got higher. Things are a little bit crazier. And part of it, I believe, was it's kind of my body going, you have lost your voice. Mm. Figuratively and now literally, we're going to take your voice away until you get ready to do something. And I was in bed one night, it was 3 a.m. because I coughed all the time. I coughed so much, I just about had abs. And you know, I've had five children. (laughs) And it was 3 a.m. and I'm coughing and I'm coughing and I'm coughing. And I propped myself up in bed and I said, Jesus, just tell me what to do. You got to help me out here. Tell me something to do. And he said, do what I just taught you to do and fight. And I had just finished Fierce Faith where it's all about fighting fear. And in my pain... And in my despair of what was going on in that year, I just forgot how to fight. Mm. And so then the next day I wake up and I'm like, okay, what does fighting this even look like? And it looked like just not giving up. 
So I went to doctor after doctor after doctor and tried all sorts of crazy things. No one for sure knew what was wrong. But as soon as I started to take action to leave my job, my body started getting better. Stop it. Mm -hmm. I still have after effects. I am, I'm two years past it. And I still have health challenges from that, that no one really knows why. But Lord willing, I hope I never lose my voice again. Mm. And I think it was one of those things of everything in me was fighting against what the Lord wanted me to do. Mm. And my body just finally shut down. And you had Mm -hmm. to keep moving forward. And I think it's a massive, huge example of what happens to so many women is we get scared, we don't use our voice, we don't do what God's calling us to do, and we shut down. Mm. Mine just happened on a grander scale. Yeah, yeah. But it happens literally and figuratively to women every day who feel like they don't have a voice Mm. and they can't voice what God's put inside of them. Which is so not true. And we know that. Mm -hmm. And we both talk about that individually in our books, which I love so much. What about, I hear this a lot. And I don't know if you specifically wrote about this, but I hear this a lot of, there's no room for me. Like everything that I'm dreaming of, everything I want to do, it's already been done. So there's no room for me. So why should I even throw my name into the hat or my business or what I have to offer? What do you say to those women? Well, number one, okay, from a business perspective, here it goes. There are billions of people in this world and the internet lets us reach them for free which is amazing. So that's just business facts. But Mm -hmm. two is everybody does everything in a different way. Like God put a very similar message in both our hearts. Some women are going to read your life story and your version of that message that God wanted you to say and be like, this is the most brilliant thing ever. Some women are going to read my version and go, okay, this connects with me. Some women will will read both. Those are our favorite women. (laughs) It's a box set, you guys. It's a box set. You're the best. But people say things in a different way. God has us do things similar things in our own version of it, because only we can have our life experience. Only we can put a certain spin on things that will resonate with our little piece of the pie. But the pie is big enough for everybody because we have billions of slices of pie. But if it was just there was one message out there and nothing else was needed, there wouldn't be any point. It's kind of like Brene Brown. So much of Brene Brown's research also backs up research that was done in the 80s, like all the inner child work from psychologists in the 80s. All of that research, Brene repeated and proved it was true, and Brene's put her own spin on it. Right. So a lot of the concepts of vulnerability and taking care of yourself and being authentic to yourself and all those things, different psychologists were sharing those things in the 80s, but they didn't have Brene's genius. They didn't have Brene's extra research. They didn't have Brene's spin. So what if Brene Brown had been like, so much of this research has already been done. I don't know if I need to do it again. The world would have missed out on really wrapping their brains around these truths that she's sharing backed up from research. So, I mean, it says in the Bible, there's nothing new under the sun. But we need whatever's bubbling up in our hearts, whatever idea we have, whether it's a business or a book or whatever it is, we have to honor that Mm -hmm. because it's important to God. And God cares that we grow gardens. He cares that new books are written. He cares that teachers are teaching in classroom. He cares somebody made that beautiful macrame wall hanging behind you. He cares about beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, ev- there, every little thing in this world, he puts work in our hands to do, whether it's raising our kids or a dream in our heart, and it matters to yeah. him. Yeah. It doesn't just matter if we're working in a church or running a ministry. 
Every little thing matters. I think that's too, like for me, when I've had to battle that, because I mean, I just want everyone to know you and I are not immune to this. And you said, I'll be struggling with this until the day I die. I say that all Mm -hmm. the time. There's things that I'll be fighting until the day I die. And that doesn't mean they're bad. It just means I'm going to stay in the fight. Like I'm not going to let this beat me. But I think sometimes even when I've had to struggle through that concept of, is there really room for me? Like she does this so well. Oh my gosh. I have to really remember. And I have to ask myself, Am I not willing to do this because I think that I'm not going to be as quote unquote big, successful, sell as many, do as many, create as many, whatever, fill in the blank? Or am I not doing this because God's not asking me to? Because if God's asking you to do it, he's not concerned with a quantity. He's concerned with the quality. And so I think that's a question too that women and myself have to ask a lot of. Am I not doing this because I say there's no room for me because I might not be as whatever she is? Or am I really just scared? Because I think a lot of times we don't do things because we'll never be just like that person. And that's a lie as well from the enemy that she's the only one that has this little land of real estate figured out and no one else is invited, which I love it when I meet women who are like, hey, come on in. We're all in this together. You know, I've been podcasting alley for, I guess, six and a half years. And when a bunch of my friends started podcasting, someone asked me one time, they said, I just saw this person as a podcast. Does that make you mad? And I was like, mad? Why would that make me mad? Oh my gosh, this makes me so happy. Literally, the more people are podcasting, the more people are going to be listening, the more people are going to find my show and your show, and we're all going to be doing this thing together. And like you said, the amount of podcasts that there are versus the amount of people in the world, we have a lot of room for you guys. So if anyone's listening, they're like, thought about starting a podcast, but I listened to Allie and she's amazing. Listen, start your podcast. There's room. We welcome you. There's so many personalities that there's enough room. And I'll tell you, when I first started my podcast, I was taking a seminary class at church. I remember I was walking through the hallway at church and I was feeling sorry for myself because I wasn't happy with the numbers. So I was doing what I do often, um, praying, which looked was really just complaining to the Lord. (laughs) And he said, the people who listen to your show are more than the people who sit an average church on Sunday. Do I hear from those pastors that I'm not supposed to do this because more people Mm -hmm. aren't attending the church? And I was like, oh, sorry. And it was so humbling, and it put me in my place because imagine a pastor going, I only have 100 people coming to church. This isn't good enough for me. I'm quitting. I'm not meant to do this, Mm -hmm. right? And instead of us going, okay— these are the people I'm serving. These are the people God has brought me to speak to. And if it's 100 people, well, invest in those 100 people with all your might because we're lucky to have them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it says something to those 100 people like, oh, you're not worth it. You're not enough. You know? Right. And I don't ever want to be that kind of person either that looks at the people that God's put in front of me and go, eh, yeah. show we're different because that's not okay either. Okay. The last section of your book is how to move forward with confidence. So you hear from God. And luckily for you, your husband's like, well, why don't you just wait on that and listen? You know, so you're like, whew, that's my house. <laughs> and then you move forward, but you're tackling these fears. You're doing this. How do we then move forward with confidence when we're hearing from God about whatever it might be? We're fighting those battles, those fears, those insecurities, all the things. And then we got to walk it out. We got to stand strong. We got to keep moving. What did that look like for you? Yeah, luckily my husband came around and I got a lot of different advice, like all from Christian women. But some of the advice was you can't let him hold you back from what God's asked you to do. You better just do it and deal with it. And then other people will go, okay, just wait till he comes along. But in my mind, I knew in his past, he's been somebody that's heard from the Lord. And if it was a big, huge thing, eventually God was going to you know, align our paths with this. So I just yeah. waited it out. And secretly, I was super happy to wait it out because it gave me more time. <laughs> (laughs) not to have to leave. Yeah. 
I think two, I divide, yeah, like you said, the middle section of the book is all the things that holds women back. The last section is how we move forward. I think two of the most important things on how we move forward is recognizing that confidence is something that we have to grow. I mean, we've all heard it said that you have to work on confidence to have it, but I still think we have this idea in our head that confidence is something we're either born with or we aren't. Like, mm, Yeah, like some people have it and some yeah, people don't. Like, blue eyes or brown hair or the color of our skin, whatever it is, and it doesn't change. But confidence is something, because I grew up as a, a poor kid, very shy, very serious. If somebody had told 10-year-old me that I do what I do for a living, I, she would have just walked away stunned. But confidence is something that we build. It's kind of like when we're little girls, if someone says, hey, you look like you're a champion bike rider, And if we can't ride a bike, we'd be like, no, I'm not a bike rider. I can't do that. But, you know, we start off on a tricycle and then we move to training wheels and then we fall down. And before we know it, we're a champion bike rider, Mm -hmm. right? It's that way with podcasting. It's that way with writing books. It's that way with learning how to take care of a baby Mm because we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) But if we say to ourselves, this isn't the person I am, instead of saying, I'm going to learn how to do this, we're never going to have confidence. So I think two of the most important are recognizing that feeling like we don't know what we're doing, feeling insecure, feeling like we're going to screw it all up is a normal part of gaining confidence. Because what we do is something happens and we go, oh, I feel insecure. I don't feel like I can do this. And we tell ourselves, I don't have peace about this. Maybe the Holy Spirit's Mm -hmm. telling me I shouldn't do it. When really God's like, I told you to do this. It's just hard. That's so good, Allie. It's just hard. But we have to stop feeling like we should know what we're doing. Because what we have to do is go, I don't know how this is going to work, but I feel like the Lord's calling me to this. So I'm just going to baby step it, baby step it, baby step it until I know what to do. And then all of a sudden we're going to look around and go, sure enough, I'm the kind of person that does this now. Mm. But if we don't move forward in that way, we will take signs of difficulty and challenge as like a cosmic clue that we're not supposed to do something. Because I believe God will take us across any finish line, but He expects us to lace up our shoes and start walking. Mm. It's a partnership with Him. Yeah, that is so, so good. I wrote it down so I don't ever forget it. God said He told you what to do. So just do it. (laughs) Just do it. I think that that would be probably one of the things as we think, oh, this is hard, so this must not be good. This is hard. God must want me to quit. This is hard. But if you really think about it, I mean, anything that you've accomplished in your life or anyone that's listening or myself, it didn't come easily. It's not like we like- No. What about the first year with a baby? Right. That stinks half the time. It's hard. But we don't go, well, this isn't for me. (laughs) Right? No. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's kind of like with me as a business coach. So I coach people that run their own business already and want to build it bigger or women who want to start. And so women will come and go, I've been at this for three months now and I'm not seeing any results. And I go, remember when you went to college and you took out $100,000 in debt (laughs) and you worked really hard for four years to try to get a job to make $10 an hour? Well, give yourself with your business and your dream the same grace you you gave Mm. yourself getting a degree. And women go, oh. Yeah, that's a lot of years. Yeah, a lot of years and a lot of money and hard work. It's a lot easier to build a business than to get a college degree. But we go, oh, I haven't had any success in a few months. So obviously this isn't for me. Mm. It's just hard. Yeah. But once we admit that it's hard and we're going to have to work hard at whatever we do, whether it's being a mom or starting a new business or starting a new job or going back to get our degree, once we stop being surprised that it's hard, we take away some of that ammunition that the enemy throws at us because the enemy's like, you stink. This mm-hmm. is hard. You thought you were going to be successful. And look, you're messing everything up. 
But now we can be like, well, this is just part of it. Yep. This is it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So fill in the blanks for us. You quit your job. I did. Okay. (laughs) How did you get there? Because you said you had the friends giving you different advice and then your husband came around and then you had to like call a boss and say, I love you and I love this job. I had to fly to California. Okay. Yeah. I'm nervous for you and I know it already happened. Super, super professional. Had a face-to-face meeting and burst into tears (laughs) because I didn't want to leave. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it was, this is what I have to do. And I'm so sad about it. So they were very gracious and we, I stayed on for another three months, like stabilizing everything. And then what I did is every day at 5 PM from like five to nine o'clock at night and all day Saturday and all day Sunday, I just started building in the background. Wow. And then I launched on April Fool's Day just accidentally and basically (laughs) went back out. And then the first six weeks just really hustled. I'd say Mm. I probably put in 60 hour weeks for the first six weeks. And that was when you were launching your business coaching. Yeah. Because when I took that role, I had sent all of my clients to other coaches and because essentially I'm just back going, okay, I'm here. Uh We had, after my husband's illness, we were left with about a month's savings. So I knew I could support us for a month if Mm -hmm. worst case scenario happened. And it took about six weeks for us to get on our feet. And then I went, okay, looks like I can trust God again. Mm. You know, I mean, and God's just, I'm sure he's smiling at me going, if you obey me and you Mm. follow me, I'm never going to let you down. You can trust me, but I panic every single time. And I think it's like so good to know, like, as someone's listening, it doesn't mean it was easy. Like we're having this conversation. It doesn't mean it was smooth sailing. It was so hard and that's okay. Like, I think that's what I want people to hear the most. That's okay. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean you throw in the towel. It just means it's hard. And most things in life that are worth doing are actually hard. I mean, marriage, how long have you guys been married? 23 years. Oh, congrats. Uh, We are 19 and Mm -hmm. I love marriage so much. It's like one of my favorite things God gave me. For some reason, he chose Aaron Ivy for me, but it's hard and it's work. It's and you don't just get yeah. to just sit back and be like, well, golly, I thought this was going to be easier, God. This must be wrong. It's just, <laughs> no, you got to put your shoes on and lace up your shoes and get in the fight. And so, so good. Allie, I am like your biggest cheerleader right now. I am so proud of this book. I have went through it and love it so, so much. I think it is so needed right now for women. And so it's an honor to be birthday book sisters. <laughs> I was trying to remember what we said. <laughs> Uh, Sister books, book sisters. It's an honor. And I really, really want women to get their hands on this book. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. We dwell on a lot in our lives. We dwell on some problems. We dwell on the past. We often wake up first thing in the morning and our minds are already dwelling on it, whatever it could be of our crazy schedules, worrying about our health, tough periods of parenting, sadness over loss, the list goes on and on and on. And sometimes it seems impossible to do anything but dwell on it. That is why Dwell was created, because we can dwell differently. Dwell is a Bible memorization tool. You can easily memorize one Bible verse for every month. One of my favorite ones that we have memorized so far is Romans 12, 12, which says, be joyful in hope 
patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And in fact, I keep the tag that they send me on my key ring and so I can look through them. And just today, I pulled that up and said that verse out loud. Dwell offers memberships that starting at $9.95 per month. Some of the memorization tools that you get include temporary tattoos, vinyl stickers, art prints. You guys, this is a great, great, great thing for families to have, for teenagers to have, to help with little kids. Go to dwelldifferently.com. Use code Jamie15 for 15% discount on a prepaid membership. That's dwelldifferently.com. Okay, I finished every episode. What are you loving? What are you reading? I am loving the fact that we are about to get a new puppy on Saturday. <gasps> Do you have dogs already? I have an elderly golden retriever that we rescued. She doesn't even know how to retrieve, but we're getting, I've never had a puppy. So life is about to turn upside down to quote. It's going to turn upside Will down. Smith. It is. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. So that happened Saturday. That's what I'm doing. What are you getting? An English cream golden retriever. So a white golden oh, retriever. Oh, yeah. I love the golden retrievers, huh? We really do. We can't live life without exorbitant mm. amounts of hair floating around, <laughs> apparently. We have a golden doodle. And she's the best dog we've ever had, but she takes off the hair like because of the poodle. I know. I mean, it's just, we consider hair the glitter of the family. I it's everywhere. It so it's super okay. gross. I want to tell you about puppy life that you may not know. Please. Okay? I need everything. This was the thing that I just went, are you actually kidding me? This is what's happening with my life right now is getting up in the middle of the night to take a dog out to go to the bathroom. I have already scheduled the boys. <laughs> okay. So two of the boys have to sleep on the couch next to the kennel. And they have to take it out. Like, I'm not I mean, doing I remember it. thinking, I'll be too grumpy. No, I'm done with this. I have big kids. We don't get up mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. No, and, and I'm not a middle of the night mom. Like, don't come to me in the middle of the night. Like, clean up your own throw up. Just, you'll be fine. Get some more blankets. You're good. Let's deal with this in the morning. And then when that puppy was, I needed to get up in the middle of the night, I thought, I cannot mm-hmm. handle this. So, okay, you already know. Good. And you have I have a lot of empathy, though, because this is the first time away from its mom and siblings. That makes me really oh, look, sad. Look, you're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you need to stop crying. I'm kind, but I'm not the one doing it. Yeah. I have the 12-year-old and the 14-year-old. They, okay, good. They have to do this. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, you're getting I a puppy. I didn't have all these children for me to do the work. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> getting a puppy. Are you watching anything? Are you reading anything? We're watching a lot of football because we're Steelers fans. Six and oh, not to brag. Look at y'all. Yeah. My husband's from Pennsylvania, so everything in our house is black and gold. Watching a lot of football. Super excited because Mandalorian starts Friday. We're all about Star Wars and sports in this house. I have been reading a lot of books. American Dirt was amazing. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. American Dirt's fantastic. That's my favorite one I've read in the past few weeks. It's a, okay. not to give anything away, but it's a woman and her son, her husband was killed by the cartel. Mm-hmm. And it's the story of them trying to cross into the United States to get away from the cartels. It was amazing. What do you read? When do you read and where do you read? Just audible. Oh, you listen. Okay. When do yeah, you do that? I read nonfiction books. But I do Audible all the time when I'm doing chores, okay. when I'm walking in the morning, when I am falling asleep at night. I set that timer. Oh, I love mm. that timer. And you just lay your phone there? Yeah. Okay. I never read fiction before the pandemic. But the Enneagram Welcome 7 and me needs Welcome to such a fun escape. life, Allie. I know. I know. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. Okay, I have some fiction books for you. Please, yes. Are you ready? I can never remember this book. It's by Kristen Hanna. And I just finished one by Kristen Hanna. The Great Alone? No, The Nightingale. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Okay, tell me about The Great Alone. So Nightingale was my favorite book ever. And then I read The Great Alone. And it's another one by her. And I'm actually reading another one by her. I read fiction in the bath. That's when I read fiction. Oh, I like that. I found her on Instagram and I'm stalking her at the moment, Kristen Hanna. I should Mm -hmm. maybe find her. The Great Alone is one of the best fiction books I've ever read. 
So you're always out walking too. You don't do I listen to podcasts when I walk. Oh, of course. Maybe I just really love listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should listen to books. I've got like 12 Audible credits right now. What should I get? You need to dive in. I should get American Dirt. Yeah, it's really good. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to listen to it on my walks. Yeah, please do. Okay, and I'll get The Great Alone. It's so good. It's so, so good. I, I read that during the pandemic. I finished it in May and I, for like six weeks, thought about the characters. Oh, I love it. It's the book I've been talking about all 2020 because it was just so good. Okay. Yeah. Can you give me just a little, like one sentence about it? Yes. Yeah, it takes a story from, which I love books like this too. It spans a long time over someone's lifetime. A family moves to Alaska and wants to live off the land, but they have some that struggles. Terrible. It sounds terrible, but they have some struggles emotionally, spiritually, internally, and they've never done it. And it's like a thing. And then they have some family issues and blah, blah, blah. And it is just so good. So good. That's You follow great. the daughter's okay, life I'm for in. a long time. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love books. I'm going to get American Dirt and do it on Audible. Allie, thank you. I adore you. I'm cheering you on. I'm so proud of this book. Everyone needs to get it. This would be a really great gift too when you're doing these Christmas gifts this uh, Christmas and you go through a book exchange, bring this one. Everyone, I'm serious. Um, you be you and standing strong together. Get the sisters. Get, get the, the sisters. box set. <laughs> get the box set. Allie, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, friend. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper. Show notes are written by Abby Castell. The music for the show is created by Matt Graham, and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my guest, you're going to love her. Francine Rivers joins me. You may know her because she wrote the book that we've all read, Redeeming Love. And listen, if you haven't read it, I don't want to call you out, but now's the time. Go get the book. It's so good. In fact, it was just re-released. And spoiler alert, they're making a movie next year. So Francine and I talk about that. It's a great show. You don't want to miss it. Friends, enjoy your week. Have a happy hour with a friend. I'll see you back here next week with Francine Rivers. Rivers.